people that come away with me to the book of Ephesians, it's amazing that we are now talking about this. We got to turn a corner after all of that praise and worship. I want to talk about the book of Ephesians. The writer here is Apostle Paul, probably written at Rome between 60 and 64 A.D. And if you would peruse through the book of Ephesians, you will find that the book was written because there was a lot of unity that was needed. There was a lot of disunity in the church of Ephesus. And so God was using Apostle Paul to bring unity back into the church. And so you'll find here from chapter to chapter, they'll talk about words like together or one. Everybody knows in here that the word together and oneness denotes unity. And so God put it on Paul's heart to labor here in chapter 5, dealing with the exaltation to holy living. He began to talk, talk to them about walking in the light. And how many of us know that we truly need to walk in the light? He goes on to talk about the duties of a Christian life in chapter 5 and the sanctification of the church. Then he talks about conjugal duties and obligations. And I think that's where we're going today to talk about that. Because if you will, uh, we're, we're going to uh, come from chapter 5. And our foundational scripture is found in verse 33. Now, this year we declared that 2021 is the year of reset. In our series starting this month, the first uh, Sunday of the month in uh, uh, August, got a birthday this month, is uh, Marriage Reset. Say that with me, Marriage Reset. Now don't get scared because I know we got some single people in here too. And uh, you're going to learn many, many things, and I'm going to target some things uh, towards you this month as well. Marriage reset. And I want to use as a subtopic a new marriage. Say that with me, a new marriage. Amen. Now, do me a favor. If you have your phone or you have, you know, your iPad, go to uh, download our app, the Winning Church app, and, uh, you know, click on Notes. And it should pop up the notes for today, okay? But my definition, when I say my defini definition, because the definition that God gave me, I, you know, praise the Lord, of marriage reset. It should be in your notes. I want to give you the definition of marriage reset, okay? Here it is. A union between a man and a woman. Notice I say a man and a woman who have made a commitment to each other, who agree to set their marriage differently than when they first started. 
That's my definition of marriage reset. And before I really get started, and I might be done before I really get started, I just want to know if there's anybody in here today that wants a new marriage and that is ready for marriage reset. Because what I'm talking about here today is that no matter where you're State is as far as your marriage or your status. You know, you might be divorced or whatever you may be today, but you don't want to do what you did in the past. You want to reset it for it to be a better start than where you ended. If you end it. So I want you to have everything before you, before you make the decision to go through this marriage uh, covenant agreement again. Amen. Just because the first time around was bad, it does not mean that the second time around has to be bad. Charlemagne sung a song back in the day when I was, you know, second time around. Hallelujah. Now back in the day now, hallelujah. Charlemagne. Some of y'all don't remember that. I'm going to go Google that. Shalomah the second time around. Okay. So now, you, you, it don't have to be bad the second time around. Now, here's our foundation of scripture out of the NLT, the New Living Translation. Don't get scared. I'm going to use some of the King James Version as I go through these series. But it says here, so again I say, each man must love his wife as he loves, uh-oh, Himself. And the wife must respect her husband. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's what Aretha said. Aretha said, all I need is a little respect. Well, now wait, Aretha. He said to respect your husband. Amen. And most men, you know, they, they really, they'll tell you the, the, the thing that they, you know, got gripes with is that they feel like they don't get no, enough respect in the relationship. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, need to, we need to follow what the word of God says. Now, I want to quickly, briefly, because we got another service, and I hope y'all ready for the next service, too, uh, at 3 o'clock over at the South. So I'm going to be real brief today. I want to talk about briefly five steps to a new marriage. Five steps to a new marriage. Y'all ready? Five. Not ten, but five. I might give you five more next week. But I'm going to give you five today. How about that? And I say six through ten next week or something. You know. But number one, y'all ready? Accept responsibility for your part. Now, if you want a new marriage, first lady, I can't believe I can talk about this. If they want a new marriage, they got to accept responsibility for their part. See, everybody got an invested interest in this thing, and if it is messed up like gumbo, you got to find your part that you are responsible for. What did I put in there that's not supposed to be in the pot? Because you know gumbo got some of everything in it. Maybe your honey didn't like crab legs. and You thought you were going to throw it in there anyway. So you got to know what not to put in there so that it can flow like it's supposed to flow. 
So accept responsibility for your part. This is the first step to having a new relationship. See, our problem is we always want to zero in and consecrate on the part that the other person did. Look what they did to me. They did this, they did that, they did... No, no, hold up, player. What is your responsibility? Because it's going to take you a long time just to, to deal with your responsibility. You ain't got time to be messing with nobody else, but I'm talking your responsibility. So say this with me. I must accept my responsibility for my part. Let me know when I'm teaching good now. All right, now look what verse 22 says, Ephesians 5, 22. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. As to the Lord. Sometimes you can't look at him. He's being a knucklehead right now. He's being a dirtbag. Don't look at him. Do it as unto the Lord. Baby, what you looking at? I'm looking at the Lord because I can't look at you right now. I can't look at you right now. I'm looking at the Lord. As a two, <laughs> the Lord. Somebody ain't going to like me today. Let's skip down to verse 24. Look what it says. And the church submits to Christ, as the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husband and everything. Now, you got to accept your, your responsibility. Listen, this does not mean that you are a doormat. That does not mean that you are, you know, you, 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 you like an uh, uh, afterthought, a second thought, or anything like that. You know, this means that you choose to come up under. Submit. It doesn't mean that you're weak or anything like that. You choose to come up under. You choose to accept your responsibility for the part. So this is what I'm going to do. Are you following me? Verse 25 says that for the husband, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Let me see if I got this right. So first lady chooses to bring her strength and power under me. And my part, everybody got to accept every part, right? Is to love her like Christ loves the church. All right, let me see if I got this right. What did the church do to Christ? Come on, y'all, y'all Bible scholars, y'all been reading. Y'all know what the church did. And the church is still doing Ain't nothing stopped, nothing changed. The church crucified him. Let's go and tell it. They killed him. While they were killing him, he yet loved them. So let me see if we got this right. If first lady kills me, I still got a lover. Now, I used to get a few amens, but we ain't looking too good right now. So if she kills me, I'm talking about if I love her like Christ loves the church, I still got to love her. Y'all didn't like that one. That was too hard. That, that was too much. Okay, I'm going to lighten up. I'm going to lighten up a little bit. That was too, that, that was, that, that, that was just too much. 
Because I got a little bit more season for going. Let me look at her. Hey, daddy, let me, help. let me do something else a little bit less. So if she commits adultery on me, I got to forgive her. Was that better? Was that better? Let me go over here. I think a few younger people over here, over here. If she takes my money at me, I still got to love her. Y'all can't take no more. Just one. Y'all can't take but one. I need to stop right there. Now, if I'm going to love her like Christ loved the church. Oh, well, I got it. We ain't ready. That's it. We not ready. <laughs> you still want to get married? Say submit to him in everything. So let's see who got the hardest part. She submit to me in everything, or I love her to death. I got the hardest job. That's what I thought. Is equal. Oh, and may I show something? Is the church in Christ equal? So he likens the church and himself unto a husband and wife. Let, 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 let's see if we can check this now. You got to do a fact check. There. Hosea and Gomer. Hosea. What did she do? She went out and was a woman of the night. She laid up with everybody. And God told Hosea, go back and get her. And marry her again. Clean her up. And bring her back to the house. And act like ain't nothing ever happened. Y'all ain't ready. I better go ahead and get ready for my next service. See, people think they're ready for marriage, but they're not ready. They don't know the seriousness of it. And somebody tried to get a little cute with me one day, talking about, well, see, you don't understand, Bishop. See, it was not the will of God. God for me to marry her. That was, see, I was out of the will of God. That wasn't God's will for me to marry her. So God really don't see us as married. I said, hold up, player. I said, you may be correct. It might not have been the will of God for y'all to get married, but it's the will of God for y'all to stay married. Since you done gave your word, God will hold you to your word. You didn't have to go ask her. And she didn't have to say, I do. Or I will. 
But since you asked her, took her from up under her covering, say, come on over here, I got you. I'm going to cover you. Now you trying to change in midstream, trying to change the game. But no, it don't work like that. Your word is your bond. See, in Old Testament, when you get married, it was a blood covenant. You ever seen some of them old, uh, you know, cowboy Indian stuff type movies and they cut their finger, that would cut their finger, and their blood come out and they put the... See, now you can't do that today. <laughs> Got AIDS and all kind of others. I know there ain't no blood, nothing. You stay over there and I stay over there and cut nothing. I cut myself and put my own blood on my own self. We ain't going to do that. But it was a blood covenant. And that's the same thing with a husband and wife. When you come together, it's a blood covenant. So since we're talking about treating her like Christ treats the church under the law, that if you break covenant, that other person that you broke covenant with has the right to kill you. There'll be a whole lot of dead jokers around here today. Thank God for grace, mercy, all that. All of it. Thank God for all of it. <laughs> His mercies are new every morning. <laughs> I ain't know all that. See, that's because you just looked at her and said, oh, she's just so fine. See, you just can't marry fineness. Can I help some of you, brother? You just can't marry features and fineness and cocoa bottle shapes and like, ooh, child, ooh, huh? Don't make cocoa bottles no more? Okay, okay. Well, uh, 36, 24, 36. She's a brick. Wow. You don't understand that, don't you? Like you ain't got the cocoa bar, but you understand that one. Y'all messing my message up here now. So, so she might be fine and everything else, but she crazy as a road lizard. And then, ladies, you just came marry Cologne. He walked by you and he smelled good, and you got captivated by that Cologne. That's, that Cologne smelled good when he walked by you, but I'm gonna tell you, that joke is gonna be straight stinking after you get to know him. This is not the average. Uh, liturgical message for the body of Christ. So now, everybody got to accept their responsibility for your part if you want this new marriage. Ladies, please, brethren, please, if you've done it one time, please do not go in it again with your eyes shut. You ask every question. I don't care if it look crazy, stupid, or whatever. You ask every and, and if you don't want to ask it, bring him to counseling to me. I'll ask it. 
I ain't scared of him. I ain't scared of him. I ain't scared of you. You need to ask all these questions up front. Because now, if his daddy crazy, the fruit, his dad, you, you see how crazy his daddy is. The mama just scared of him and everything. He's just crazy. And you finna get tied up with Junior? Warning, 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 warning. Check the daddy out. Have a conversation with him. You be like, he is nutty as a fruitcake. Then come Junior stepping over. Hey, what y'all talking about? All right, okay, verse 28, Luke said, In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. See that? For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. Man, I know I love me some Harvey B. Because I love me some Veronica B. So I, you, you can show what you, you can see whether I, I love myself by what I show, first lady. So if I treat her like a low down dirty dog, then I don't love myself. Let me keep moving, and so it tells us in our foundation scripture. Uh, so again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Ladies, respect is a great word. Let me tell y'all something, ladies. Respect will get you what you want. Ooh, I just gave you a naked right there. You should have been. Listen, that's enough to take a lap right there. I'm telling you, but I know, no, don't do it. But I'm just saying. Respect will get you a whole lot of stuff. Don't take my word for it. Go try it. When you respect your man, you honor your man, that joker will swim the, the, uh, swim the sea. He'll climb the highest mountain. He'll skydive. <laughs> See, you setting yourself up for a blessing. And I, I, listen, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to raise both hands. I love to be blessed. Any brothers in here love to be blessed? And I know, I know my girl, my, my, my sister girls in here love to be blessed. So I'm just trying to show you, girl, how to be blessed. You respect that joke of man? Let me tell you something. She, she got on my nerve, but I still love that girl. You get on my nerve, but come here, baby. Give me some sugar. All right. The second, a new marriage. Commit to doing whatever it takes. Say that with me. I must commit to doing whatever it takes. Matthew 19 and 6 says, so they are no longer two but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let 
man not separate. That's the NIV. Don't let nobody come between you all. You got to commit to whatever it takes to make that relationship brand new. I ain't going to do all that. Well, you're going to get what you got. Amen. I ain't ready to change. Stay stuck in your ways, your stale self. You got to be willing to do whatever it takes to make this relationship new. And you know most men are just straight stubborn. Now there's some sister girls now. They got that stubborn thing, that stubborn streak too now. I can't just leave, leave all the brothers hanging like that. Some of these ladies got stubborn. But most of the time, men, we just stubborn because we got the ego thing. We got the ego thing. Ain't nobody going to punk me. Ain't no other man. Ain't no woman, especially not my wife. I'm my own man. I knew what I want to do. Uh-uh. Commit to doing whatever it takes. I ain't ready to do all that. You want to stay right where you are. Not until you commit to do whatever it takes. You didn't say that when you first married him. You'll drive a hundred miles without stopping just to stay there five minutes and turn around and drive back. I just came a hundred miles just to get a kiss and turn right back around. And I'd be on the phone the whole time I'm going back. You didn't say that when you were courting her, uh huh? Couldn't do no wrong when y'all were courting, you see? Now you want to act like, ah, I want to put up with this and that. And this no, you got to do whatever it takes. You got to do what it takes. I hope this is not too hard for you. I ain't going to make that mistake again. As you still want to be married to somebody, holler, no! <laughs> Marriage is a great thing. You just got to play by the right rules. See, that person got to be willing to play by the same rules you play by. If they don't want to play by the same rules, you want you leave that leave her right where she is. She ain't going to church and all that. That's it. What wrong? But what I say? What I say? What I say? What wrong? You say you ain't going to church ever, so that's it. We we can't talk no more. Cause that's all I do. All right, number three, deal with unresolved issues. Uh-oh. You know, you know, yeah, that's right. All these unresolved issues. How do you think things going to get better? Well, I'm just believing God. Really? God said that on me. Don't put that on me. That's on you. I've given you all the tools that you need. You got to do something with these unresolved issues. Well, we'll talk about it tonight. Tonight never comes. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Tomorrow never comes. We'll talk about it this week. You sitting there, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and, the, and the week is over, and you still ain't saying that. See, your problem is you don't like confrontation. Confrontation is good for you, especially in relationship. You learn from confrontation. Confrontation helps you to grow. 
Not by dodging it and trying to get it. I don't want to talk about it. Talk about it. That's the problem. You just over there trying. And the Bible already told you, don't go, listen, don't go to bed like that. Don't go that, don't go, don't lay down with all that wrath between y'all. Huh? I don't want to talk about it. Slam the door. Boom. Go in there. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. We finna talk about this. I ain't going, I'm not leaving. No, I ain't, we ain't going out like that. Look how quiet it got in here. Some of y'all been guilty. You done closed that door. Boom. <laughs> Unresolved issues. Let's look what the Bible says. James 5 and 6 says, admit your faults to one. That's the problem right there. Folks don't feel like they got faults. Admit your faults to one another and pray for each other. I'm mad at him. I ain't praying for him. I'm mad at her. I don't pray that much anyway, so she knows she ain't getting no prayer tonight. <laughs> I'm trying to find word to pray anyway, so I, you know you ain't getting nothing in it. So admit your faults to one another. I'm trying to help you. And pray for each other so that you may be what? Healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. Ooh, I like that. I like the hot way to say that. That's why I gave you that one. Look at Colossians 3 and 13. I'm coming. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Ooh. Ooh. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven how many things have the Lord forgiven you of? And you got the colossal nerve to mitigate and gall the whole something against somebody? And all that junk that he done forgave you of? Stuff you ain't even told nobody God forgave you of that. That stuff, that, that stuff you did before so far under the blood that you ain't bringing it from up under there. Don't nobody know that. And forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. You know the word bear? That ain't talking about no. That ain't talking about no, not, not that bear. It's spelled the same, but it ain't talking about that bear. He says, bear one another burden. In other words, you got to put up with each other's junk. Thank you, mother. That's a good word, long suffering. Whatever grievances you have against each other, you got to learn how to forgive. In other words, release it. See, when you forgive another person, you release yourself. See, that's not only for them, that's for you too. It's more so for you than them. So if first lady and I got in a, uh, you know, heated discussion or intense fellowship, as I call it. If she said, babe, you know, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't remember nothing you're talking about. What you talking about? Yeah, but you know, uh -uh, I don't know nothing about what you're talking about. See, I released you of that. You ain't got to worry about that no more. That's been thrown in the depths of the sea to remember no more. I'm not bringing that up. I know about it, but I ain't bringing that up. Because I, I consider that a dead issue. Anything dead don't have no business sprouting. Springing back up. Some of the stuff that you get involved with, you got to count it as dead. 
Either y'all listening or you're mad. One of the two. <laughs> Number four, ask people for help. These, 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 are, these are not, you know, uh, deep things, deep thoughts, deep steps, deep nuggets that I'm giving you today. These are very attainable. There's nothing so deep that you can't reach. Just plain old ask for help. Galatians 6 and 2 say, carry each other's burden. And he keep talking about us carrying stuff. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. That's correct. Then Proverbs 19 and 20, I like this. Listen to advice and accept instructions. And in the end, you will be wise. So you got to accept instructions. You got to ask people for help. And your problem is you think you know everything. See, you, you don't ask for help because you think you never know everything. I don't need no, I don't need no counsel from no old bishop. He'll man just like I put his pants on one leg at a time, like just like I do. I don't need to hit. I know, I know how to love a woman. I know. Well, you're doing a showing up good job, aren't you? Let's see who, let's see if she can tell us what on the scale of one to ten, how is he doing? Minus zero. But you ask him, yeah, brother, I think I'm doing about an eight. <laughs> I'm about an eight right now. I, you know, I, I can easily move to a ten. She said, don't have to say that. They just start looking like, I know he didn't say that up here in Cal. He just told the bishop a bald-faced lie. <laughs> ask for help. What's wrong with that? You know what I found out about counseling? People really don't want counseling, Elder. They just want you to side with them. That's why some of them, they try to, you know, they got the nerve to try to come to you by themselves. I'm coming to counseling. She's not coming. Or I'm coming to counseling. He's not coming. Why are you coming? We can't do nothing with one person. Because all you're going to do is tell us your side. You just want us to agree with you. See, now let me just tell you, Pastor. Now, he doesn't do this and with his slick head self, and he don't do, and, and you know, he's just so lazy, just like his old daddy. And, you know, he, and you just got a list of things that you think that he should be doing. And then every time I talk to you, all I hear from you, brother, is how you don't like the things she do. Ain't nothing she do good. Now, you ain't going to make me believe that, because why did you marry her? If she ain't do nothing good, why did you marry her? She had to do something good. She had to do something good. I mean, when I'm, I'm talking to you, everything about your wife is negative. Something wrong with that. That's why we can't counsel you by yourself. Because all you want me to know, want to overload me with you, what you think. And when, I, when you want me to look at her and say, there she is, a little low down, sleazy. Female cow. Huh? Yeah, you want to get me to side with you so I can start looking at your wife all cross-eyed and cack out every day. And she's like, why bitch you looking at me like that? 
Then I, I smell, what's wrong? I know I put on deodorant, what's that? No, that, you know, no, no, no. You, you bo both of you all said, and this is what I want to stand. Oh, God, y'all, listen, y'all come back next Sunday, okay? <laughs> come on, this marriage thing. What I want to understand is, is that when you want the person, you aggravate the little hairs off my head, because I got plenty down here, but the hairs up here. Off my head about y'all coming together and we just want to talk and yeah, 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 yeah. But when you want to separate, you didn't want to see me. And that's the same way with a lot of y'all joining the church. I need a, I need, we need to get an appointment with the bishop because me and my wife, we want to come and talk to them. We want to talk to them about the church. We want to talk about our gifts. We want to talk about where our last church and what we can do with the church. But when you get ready to leave the church, you send him to come talk. Or you send her to come talk. You try to just get, just get in front of the line of somebody else because both of y'all want to come talk to me in the first place. But when you get ready to leave, you don't want to face us. Oh, yeah, they sent an old letter, old cotton-picking letter. Huh? Send a letter. You didn't send no letter when you wanted to join. You, Bishop, can I take you out to dinner? Take me out to dinner when you get ready to leave. <laughs> where you, where you, the, the way you entered, exit out the same way. You didn't want just one meeting when you entered. You want two and three. Give me about three meetings when you get ready to exit. I'm in trouble. All right. Last one. Last one. Here we go. Number one, we out of here. Believe God can change your marriage. That's the last one. You got to believe God can change your marriage. Look what Romans 4 and 17 says. As it's written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God and in whom he believed the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. It may not be happening in your relationship right now. You got to speak it like it's already happening. This marriage is healed. He is a man of God that God called her to be. She is a woman of God. She will be sweet. She will be nice. She will be lovable. She's going to be awesome. I mean, she's the queen of my life. He said, is she doing any of that? No, but I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it because this thing going to turn around. Huh? I'm speaking it until it happens. Matthew 19 and 26, Jesus looked unto them intently and said, humanly speaking, no one, but with God, everything is possible. It's possible for your husband to get right. It's possible for his head that's so hard to turn into flesh. In the hands of God, that, know, that man that has, listen, he don't have any type of emotion, show no love, show nothing, huh? no affection, 
no romance, no nothing. God can turn his heart around. You just got to be willing to allow God to change you. And quit being so stubborn. You know those people the hardest, the one that the change, those stubborn people, are the ones that think they got it going on. One thing they, and no, no, it's something, a lot of times, y'all forgive me, but it's the, the ones that's the head, the one that's in charge. They think they know everything. Head just so hard. I already know all that. And nobody can change you. But God can. Look at this last scripture, Ephesians 3 and 20, one of our favorites by my wife's favorite. Now to him that who is able to immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, I know ask or think, according to his power that is at work within us. God is able to change your spouse. You got to believe that God can change your marriage. Because if, if you don't believe that he can change it, it's not going to get changed, ladies and gentlemen. So if you want a new marriage today, number one, you got to accept responsibility for your part, right? Uh, are we still there? Number two, what we got to do? Commit to doing whatever it takes. Number three, we got to what? Deal with unresolved issues. Number four, we got to do what? Ask somebody for help. And number five, we got to what? Believe God can change our Now, these are five elementary points that are really great nuggets for you to get started in your new marriage. It don't make no sense for you to come to a church like this, a Bible-believing church, teaching church, and they, we give you good teaching up in your face. You can write it down. You even got it on your phone. And you know why none of these five steps work for you? Because you never take step one. People who don't step don't go nowhere. They stay right where they are. So if you're a man in this house, you need to start stepping. If you're a woman of God in this house, you need to start stepping. And if that person is not stepping in the same direction you're going, y'all going to be out of step. How many homes we know that are supposed to be Christian homes, they out of step? He on one side, she on her, and, and she don't want to talk to me, I don't want to talk to her. I don't care. That, that, now that's, a, that's the main thing. When you say, I don't care. You know, when you don't care, you'll do anything. You got to care, man. You got to care, girl. One of the sad things, you being counseled, and the lady over there just crying her eyeballs out, and he's sitting there like ain't nothing happened. He's sitting there like a bump, like ain't nothing moved him. He's like, that. Man, the mouth Bible's in council crying. I, I said, excuse me, I mean, I, baby, boy, you know, we're we going to work it out. We're going to get it together. I'm so sorry. What? My wife will cry over, man. I'll be sensitive to her. Some jokers ain't no incident. Drop them tears. Ain't nothing wrong with you. <laughs> Insensitive. Just don't care. You're you in a, in a Grave relationship when you're married to somebody that don't care. Now, I talk about men that don't care, but be married to a woman that don't care. See, women are more treacherous than men. See, a woman know how to stick that knife in and turn it. 
and yank it up and yank it down. Now he over there just, you know, tears flowing down his right there. She won't even put her hand on the knee and say, baby, it's gonna be all right. She about here. Look at you, big old crybaby. That's why I don't like see that's why I don't like you anyway. You just you're a big old crybaby. Just gets on my nerve. Shut up, I'll slap you right now. Just Just be rated him in front of everybody. Can't do that. You gotta be sensitive. You gotta believe God can heal. Your relationship. All right, I'm done. Did I help anybody today? Everybody standing. That's it. Uh huh, that's it. That is it. I'm going to teach short like that in the next service, too. Just like that. Um, I believe that a church should be balanced. I, I don't think that we should be one-sided in anything. I, I believe in, you know, the spirit of God, you know, moving on us and we'll be able to dance well. But I also believe that we should get good instructions from the word of God. <laughs> Things that we can apply. When we walk out that door right there, we can apply that right then and there. See, some of you are not married, but on your job, you don't rub them people the wrong way. You need to go in there and accept your responsibility in the part why the office is all messed up. Accept your part in the, in the office. So you can, you, can, you can use these to any situation. You got it? 